So we've been in this uh, series recently, as you can see on the screen, uh, entitled Body Parts. Uh, we're kind of using the theme from this game, Operation. Have any of you, how many of you played this game before, just out of curiosity? Has anybody got uh, what Pastor Jeff and I have is the shakes? So like when we do it, it's like the whole time. So we've been kind of using this as a, play, a playful way because, as you know, in, uh, in Scripture, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you've read the New Testament, uh, the Apostle Paul, he writes a lot about this idea of the body of believers. As like a, and he's correlating it between the human body and our spiritual body or the body of believers. Now, what we've been doing with this is we've been looking at as there's ways in the, the systems of how we operate, like Pastor Jeff just mentioned, the respiratory system, we're taking that and saying, if those things have to be healthy, if those things have to be functioning and able for our physical bodies to be working, well, the same would apply to the body of Christ, corporately and individually, correct? Is everybody on the same page? So we've been going through these things. If you remember that first week, uh, Pastor Jeff, one of the things I thought was so vital is we got the body of Christ, but when one, one member hurts, we all hurt. When one member is suffering, we all suffer. So it's not just about me specifically, it's about the greater good of the body of Christ, and we're all different parts in that. I love that first week, Pastor Jeff showed us that, that if one suffers, we all suffer. That next week, we talked about the skeletal system of just the same way your body needs a foundation in your life to, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have bones. Because the bone, you'd just be a puddle of whatever on the ground. You need that structure. So do you in your faith. So do we as a church. In this, uh, we looked at the respiratory system, as Pastor Jeff spoke to, that oxygen is essential for our lives, but so is the Holy Spirit. He's essential for our lives. <clears throat> our circulatory system, your body needs blood in order to go, and we need the love of God, or as Pastor Jeff said, the love blood in our bodies. And then last week, Pastor Jeff spoke to us about the digestive system, and he challenged us to fill up on the Word of God. Not just that, but when you read Scripture, I don't know about some of you, if you have a day, maybe you have a devotional, and you read it, and it's just, it's almost like a check mark. It's almost like you just want to check that off your list. But he really encouraged us to digest it, to chew on it, to let it become the Word of God, be part of, our, our, of who we are. So today, I want to talk to you about the muscular system. I realize right now that I am probably not the guy that you envisioned ever talking about the muscular system. I, look, I don't look qualified, right? I understand that I'm probably the after or the before picture when you're having those commercials and they're like, look how much weight Josh lost. I'm the before picture. I'm not the after picture. I understand that. In fact, for preparation of uh, this message today, I went down to the basement and I dusted off the, the workbench, my weight bench that I have there, and I put some other things on it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to use some muscles. And my muscles were in a weird state of confusion and rebellion. They're like, what's happening here? Is this a field trip? I want to go home. Why are we doing this? Uh, so I, I understand that, but 
Pastor Jeff has been starting off every week with some uh, fun facts of each of these systems. I want to keep that tradition going. Um, I don't know if you knew this. There are over 600 muscles in your body that are working just to really keep you straight up in here today. Over 600. In fact, every time you take a step, that's over 200 muscles working in unison to make that happen. Does anybody know what the largest muscle in the body is? Nobody? It's the fun one to say. Gluteus Maximus. Yeah, your rump. Your rump is the largest, but it's not the strongest. Does anybody know what the strongest muscle is? No, it's your jaw. Your jaw muscle. And you use it all the time. You said it. Some of you are exercising that muscle more than anybody else. (laughs) And then, uh, does anybody know what the smallest one is? It's, yeah, somebody said I heard it in your ear, this uh, stapidious muscle. I don't know what it is, but it's a muscle in your ear, in your middle ear, in that area that's helping you right now hear things. So their muscles are important. They're, they're important for circular system. They're important, you know, you, but listen, you could have your blood flowing, but if you don't have muscles, it's not really doing anything. You could have a skeleton, but if you don't have muscles, that skeleton is worthless. In order for your body to move, muscles need to be working. In the same way this morning when I'm going to be talking to you about the muscular system and how it relates to our spiritual lives and the body of Christ is I'm going to be talking about serving. Serving. Nobody likes that. That's not like, whoa, yeah, revival. Nobody gets excited about serving. I understand that. I realize that. But today, just as the human body needs muscles to move, the body of Christ, us as believers, we need service to move. We need service to advance the kingdom of God for his glory. We need to do things. See, without service, you would have came here this morning and there would have been no one to open a door for you. For some of you that need some assistance getting in and out of the cars, nobody would have been there without service. If you came in and come in through the doors, there would be nobody to hand in a bulletin to you and say hello or tell you about the children's ministry that we have going on. And then you would come in, maybe you're one of those people that comes in a little late and somebody has to help you find a seat. That person's not there. And then when you're in the service, you'd be sitting here with pretty much just Pastor Scott and I probably leading worship because there's nobody to serve. There's no worship team. And over and over again, you look at this, there would be no building for us to be here for crying out loud if it wasn't for service, if it wasn't for giving. And I don't know why it is that you know, I've had some thoughts, I've been mulling this over, but we get, we get this queasy feeling when somebody talks to us about service. There's so many American churches right now that are declining in attendance and declining in their service, and I believe one of the reasons is, is a consumer mindset. A consumer mindset. Back in the 70s, I wasn't alive, but I know the slogan. There was a slogan from a fast food company that you would go in to get this particular burger and they would say, two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickle, onion on a sesame seed bun. Does everybody remember that? 
If you don't remember that, you know somewhat I'm talking about. If you're, you know, anybody that was born after the 70s, you're like, ah, oh yeah, the Big Mac, okay. So let me just set the stage here. If you went into that restaurant, McDonald's, and you said I wanted a Big Mac, you would get two all beef patties, you'd get special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickle, onion on a sesame seed bun. But then something happened around 1973 to 1974. There was another fast food chain that changed the game, not only for fast food, but some, some people say right now, marketing people say it changed it for everything in, the, in, the West, in, in our Western world. And it was a company that said, have it your way. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. Old school. Have it your way, have it. Now, here's what's crazy. That same slogan that we hear now and it comes on, you're like, that is so stupid. I hate that. I hate that. It gets stuck in your head and then you're singing it around like it's a worship song stuck in your head. You're like, ah, how did it get in there? That's the same kind of melody that was birthed out of the 1974 ad that came forth. But that changed things. That ad changed everything. Because before, if you walked into a place to get food and that, let's say that, that, burger joint had a beef patty with cheese and a pickle and lettuce and ketchup. That's what you got. It was a guaranteed guarantee when you go to order it, that's what you get. So what they would say is, no, 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 it's okay. Have it your way. You can customize your order as much as you want. It changed everything. I'm still getting a little feedback on this uh, in the mid-low range if we could get that taken out. It changed everything. There's service happening right there. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. It changed everything. If you're like me, you hate onions. I hate onions. Anybody else hate onions? Oh, I got some people. I tell this person that, like a waitress, that I'm allergic to them so that I make sure that they're not in there. But I do like blooming onions, so I, you know. Everything changed from that day, not just for fast food, but also with our culture. So here we are, 50 years later, and the customer is king. The customer is king. You'll see companies right now tell you about their quality, their selection, their savings, their money-back guarantee, low rates, free estimates, free parking, no fuss, no muss, no cash, no problem, no hidden fees, no payments till forever. Sign and drive, pick up delivery, free delivery, whatever you want, you are king. And it's produced in our world a a consumer mentality that says, I want to have it my way. Unfortunately, this consumer mentality has bled into the church. It's bled into the church in in our Western world because we'll hear people that say, they'll literally tell you this, I'm shopping for a church. We're shopping. We're church shopping. And I mean, that's literally the words we use to say we're looking for a church. I'm shopping for a church. But how many of you have met someone, nobody in this room, of course, but how many has met somebody that has said, you know, that I just can't find a church that meets our needs. I go here, I go there. I've gone to every church in Western New York, and I just can't find a church that meets our needs. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to John 4? I believe Jesus had a really good response to this type of mentality. 
And if, you, if you're there, if you're new to, the, new to the gospel, new to the word, John, and what we're about to read is about Jesus. He was just meeting with this woman at the well and had a God moment with her. He told her about, yeah, I'm, I can give you living water, right? And there's this incredible moment of ministering that he had with her. But then in John chapter 4, while they're there, they're, his disciples, while he's there, his disciples were away and they came and found him. And they're very concerned at this point that Jesus needs to eat something. John 4, verses 31 through 34. His disciples were saying to him, Rabbi, eat something. But then he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And I love their reaction because they're not thinking spiritually, they're thinking with their bellies at that moment, right? And it says right there in verse 33, his disciples looked at each other and said, did someone bring him food? You've got, Jesus just said he has food that we know nothing about and I am starving. You know, I think it's more about these guys thinking like, he's our leader and he's not eating. We gotta get him to eat so then we can eat, right? Come on, Jesus. They're all concerned about filling their stomachs, but then Jesus says something so true. Verse 34, he says, my food is to do what my father sent me to do. My food is to finish his work. What Jesus is saying in this moment, he is saying he is not concerned with consuming but he is concerned with serving. He doesn't want to just consume, he wants to contribute. In other words, it's not all about him being consumed, consumed, consumed like they were. It's no, I want to serve, serve, serve. Whatever God calls me to do, that's the nourishment I need. It's, an, it's weird because it messes with our brain. We're like, that doesn't make sense. And he's like, exactly, exactly. Because you, we, as we know, we're all born with a sinful nature. We like to say we're good people, but we're all filled with this nature that says, I need to consume. I need something to fill my needs. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm not a shopper. I'm a server. I'm not a consumer. I'm a contributor. Jesus is saying, he's, if we're using a, if I want to continue this muscle illustration that I'm using, Jesus is saying, listen, I'm flexing for my God. I'm flexing. I'm, I'm not chilling. I'm flexing. And the question I think we got to ask ourselves before we go any further is, am I a shopper or am I a server? Am I a consumer in the church or am I a contributor? Am I chilling or am I flexing? And I don't know, maybe just you could do this on your own. I'm never gonna ask you for this, but it would be wrong for me to stand here today and just say, well, you don't wanna serve. It's okay, go on your little way. Listen, I want you to be blessed in your life. As a pastor, as one of your pastors, I can speak for all three of us and the leadership team that says, we want what's best for you. And if, if it was right for Jesus, it's right for anybody who follows Jesus. So if there's a scale of one to 10, let's say one is uh, you're a shopper and you know, I don't know how low you wanna go on that. I'm gonna say that Satan is a one, so you, you're off the hook, you're not a one, right? And then maybe you're like, well, maybe I'm a 10. You're not a 10 because Jesus is the only one that's a 10. 
He laid down his life for the church, right? He laid down his life for his people. Nobody can get that level of service, right? So here we are. We're somewhere in between. We are somewhere in between. And whenever that is, you know, maybe make a little scale, maybe write it down where you're at. If, you were, if you're not serving in any way, shape, or form, then you might be on the lower end. And if you're serving at the greatest, listen, we're thankful for you. I want to just say this. It's not in my notes, but I just want to tell you there's an encouragement for a lot of people here in this church, for all of you. Um, my best friend, John Lonneville, he's my He's my bro, man. He is like my bud. I talk to that guy more than I talk to my wife sometimes. It's, it's a little weird, I know. But he's a pastor in Warsaw. I'm joking. I talk to Jess way more. He's a pastor in Warsaw, but he told me this. Uh, we do Camp Judah together. And he, he told me this. He goes, I always know who the pioneer people are. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? He said, when we have service days for camp or we're getting set up or there's people signing up and we get all these different churches in one room and we're all working together, he goes, I can identify and pick out which ones are from Pioneer Christian Fellowship. He goes, because they're always ready to serve. Guys, that's good. Come on, give it up for yourselves. That's awesome. He says, they're always asking, where can I serve? What can I do? Where can I be? And all of you that play part in that. You're a huge testimony to God. You're flexing your muscles for God. And what I love about that is he also added a caveat. Oh, and they like to talk a lot while they're working. (laughs) So I just got two things for you today, and then I'm going to let you go. Number one is God calls you to flex or serve in his church. Look to your neighbor and says, God calls you to flex in his church. Some of you are like, I haven't actually flexed in years. When I use the word flex, I'm saying serve, to serve in his church. All of you who are followers of Jesus need to understand this, that God has called you to serve in his church. He has called you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're gifted and called. You're set apart and your gifts make a difference in the church no matter what. Remember, the smallest muscle in your body is for you to hear. Pretty important. So the challenge is this. In our world today, I feel like a lot of people don't, they, we don't understand this word church, right? Our Western mindset is, it's kind of confusing. But I want to tell you this, is the church is not a building. It's not a building. It was never intended to be a building. In fact, let me tell you this way. You, you've may, you may have heard these slogans said before. Don't just go to church be the church. It's, there's a reason, because the church is not a building. Just a little bit of a history for some of you who may like that. The reason why I think a lot of us thinks of uh, the church being a building, this all, there was a moment of time for four centuries almost after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection where the church had no buildings, It was illegal for the church to be worshiping and gathering and operating until until 313 AD when Constantine passed a law legalizing Christianity. Now, before that, you couldn't meet in church. You couldn't do that for almost four centuries. 
They couldn't gather publicly. They couldn't do this. And listen, I think this is a good thing that we can worship publicly, right? I praise God. I think it's an awesome thing that we can meet in buildings, that we can gather right here. Nobody's out there with a gun to our head. Nobody's saying it's illegal. We have to do this, and God can spread through our culture. Amen? We like that. That's a good thing. But it's not the only thing. The church is not a building. When I'm saying that you are called to serve in the church, I'm not talking about this actual spot here on 303 Route 39 West. I am talking about the body of believers. That's what God is telling us over and over again. So in Ephesians, Paul writes to these guys in Ephesians, this church, and he says it in uh, 21, uh, 22 through 23 of uh, chapter 1. He says, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, that's Jesus, to be the head over everything for the church. And what is the church? His body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Who is the church? It's the body of believers. He is over us. That is the church. We are the body. Um, Paul speaks about this in Romans. You can go to Romans 12 if you'd like. Uh, write it down. I'll have it on the screens. Paul speaks about this in Romans 12, and he says this in verse 5. So in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. They have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, what are those gifts? He gives seven in here. I want to just preface this for you today. There are more than seven. There are more than what he's about to list, but I want to go over these You'll see where I'm going. So he says here, he said, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's, a, if it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So he's listed seven here. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, leading, uh, and uh, mercy, and giving. So there's seven that he's there. And I know for some of us, this is what I'm going to try to do. I want to give this illustration, because I think for some of us, we're like, what is my gift? I don't know, has ever, anybody ever wondered that? Like, you read them, but which one is mine? And to, there's a various way, there's like in our membership class, we give, uh, we give it out spiritual gifts assessment where you can go through and kind of work this out. But just for today, I want to give you this, this, uh, this uh, exercise that I'm going to call the, the pizza exercise. I love food, if you haven't noticed. I love food. So stay with me here and pretend right now that we're out to dinner and we're at, um, we're at John and Mary's. And we all order our food, and I get a pizza. And my pizza, I set on the corner of the table. And you see that it's on the edge of the table, but I don't. And what happens is I pick up the pizza, and it falls straight on my lap. It's all over me. It's like, it's like you know, we got marinara sauce. I mean, it's all over. Now, how you respond to that moment might give you a good understanding of what your natural or God-given gift that he's given you is. Okay, for example, if you were to say, <coughs> oh my, oh my, oh my, can't believe that happened. Okay, okay, hold on. I'm going to buy you a new pizza. In fact, I'm buying pizza for everybody. 
you're a giver. You naturally want to give. Use that for the church, right? If you were to say, oh my goodness gracious, oh Lord, oh hold on, let me get some napkins. I'm going to clean that up for you. I'm going to make sure, hold on, you got a little, I got my shout pen, let me get out. And get. <laughs> you got serving. Serving comes naturally. How about this? If you're like, well, don't worry, hold on, okay. Hey, you, get over here. You're going to go and clean that up right there. You, go collect right now. Collect some money from everybody. We're going to get some money for this guy to get some more. Well, you're a leader. You're leading. You're orchestrating everything. If you said, man, that really stinks, man. Oh, man, I remember when I did that last week and said, and then you throw a pizza on yourself, like the Billy Madison effect. The reason why you're doing that is you want to be an encourager. You're trying to make light of it and encourage them. It's okay. Have you ever seen Billy Madison where the little boy pees on himself and then Billy Madison comes over and grabs water and puts it over himself? And he's like, it's cool to pee your pants. We're all clean. He's an encourager. And then all the kids purposely pee their pants because they want to be cool. It's an encourager. <laughs> if you're the type of person that's like, well, oh, actually, I was reading in the Hebrew and there's a word for pizza called habakashara. That's in ancient Hebrew. And actually, I'm going to give you five different ways to make sure that you don't get pizza on you again. You're a teacher. Go teach. <laughs> This one, I, this one I don't relate to so well, but I, I, I'm trying because Paul says, I wish, you would, I wish you would have all the gifts, right? So I'm trying. I'm desiring this one. This is the one that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I can't even say it with a straight face. I can't believe that happened to you. That's so awful. Oh my gosh, can I pray for you and you can tell me about your feelings? Uh, you have kindness. You got mercy. You're doing great. Thank God for people like you, like Kim Durfee. You are that person, and I love it. I love it. Amen. Come on. Or <laughs> if you're this person that's like, you know, I saw that pizza there, and I saw what was going to happen. I saw it. it was, I saw it. And actually, I tried to tell you that that pizza was there, but you did not listen to me. You did not listen. That was stupid. Can't believe you probably got the gift of prophecy. See things in black and white. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's funny, but it's true. There's some truth to that. And it's a nice on-ramp to get you started into, like, spin the wheels. Again, there's so many other There's so many incredible gifts. I mean, some of you can sing. You can play instruments. You got the gift of evangelism or tongues or so on and so forth. Here's my point. God wants you to flex those muscles in his church. He wants you to use them for everybody, for, the, for everyone. All those people I mentioned, they're all vital. They're all important. We need to use those. There's so many muscles. And again, I just encourage you to take the next step and try to dis discover what your spiritual gifts may be. But the problem what happens is we don't use muscles. We get what's called muscle atrophy. And muscle atrophy comes when people aren't utilizing the muscles that they have. And what happens is your muscles get real brittle. They start shrinking in size. They're less effective. Some people got one leg bigger than the other. And it's a serious condition. But listen, in a lot of ways, spiritually, we can avoid that by flexing our muscles and using them for the good of God, using them for, to edify his church and to help others in need. When he's saying to do this, you know, what's, I find it's funny 
the more you flex and stretch is the more flexibility you have. But if you're not using them, they get hard and bitter, and that's when we get butt hurt because we're not flexible, because we're not using those muscles in the kingdom of God. We're not, we're not using those, so then we get hard to deal with and kind of angry, and I, can, I got a solution for you. Start serving. I got more to say, but I'll wait for that. Number two, God calls you to flex as his church. So in the church, not just in the church, that's so important to build another, each other up and to serve his church, but he wants us to flex and serve as his church. In Matthew 5, Jesus even, he speaks to this very, very, I love how he says this. He uses illustrations. I love illustrations. And in Matthew 5, verse 14, he says this, you are the light of the world. A town on a, sit, on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither, people, uh, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand because it gives light to everybody in the house. And here, verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds or good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's interesting. It's not so they glorify you. It's so that you glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, I look at it as this, is to flex, is to show your muscles. I don't do that because I don't really have any. But I could tell you this. There's a reason why we're awed by people who do have muscles and flex right? When I see Josh Allen on the football field doing insane things, my mind goes, oh my gosh, that is, how did he do that? He was like upside down when he threw that, you know, like, how did he do that? Or if you look at like those muscle builders, or sometimes Mac, he's not here today, Mac Laird will show him at the gym, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like motivated, like maybe I need to go work out, because I'm seeing it doing because I'm seeing something that's not normal. Because like, let's be honest, the majority of us are not like that, right? So when you see it, you're inspired. You're not inspired by the before picture. You're inspired by the after picture. That's what makes you go, wow, there's something different. In the same way, when we're flexing and doing the good works of God, people look and go, that's different. What is that? Why? Well, maybe I should do that. That's what it brings. Not because of you, but it flexes to show how great God is. Such an inspiration. I do have to say, we're not saved by good works. I just want to make that sure. We're not saved by those. In fact, we're saved by grace through faith and that alone. However, we're not saved by good works, but make no mistake about it, we are saved for good works. So you're called, you're not saved by the good works you do, but you're saved so you can go do it. A lot of people are like, I don't know, what am I? Who am I? How could I do this? I don't know. Ask yourself in the last seven days, how many people that you've come across with would know that you're different by the, by the way you lived? 
Just wonder, you know, just ask yourself. That's a good self-assessment to do. Listen, the people that look and say, it's not all about you. It's not about you or your giving. or your, It's about you making a difference to the, to the world, you making a difference for his kingdom. How many people are being engaged by Christians who are flexing and serving the world? What do they see? Because I believe they're going to look at us and say, what's different? What's different about you? What is different about you? How could you care about me like that? How could nobody else cares? How could you care? How could you give in a time when nobody, everybody's like so concerned with their own pocketbooks, but you gave to me? How could you do that? It's so upside down. This is what God is calling us to do. I know for some of us, it feels like, man, I want to serve. Maybe I do. I don't know. I just don't feel like I belong. I don't know if I really, if this is really for me. I don't know if I really fit in. You say I'm a muscle and I'm important. I don't know. Let me explain this. Uh, in the 70s, there was an explosion with adoptions that was happening. I don't know what it was. Maybe there's something that happened that caused this, but there was adoptions happening everywhere. But there was this problem that parents were finding. These adopted parents would bring in these kids, and these kids, they were like acting out for ridiculous reasons. They were like, throwing fits and having all these issues and they're like what what is going on we put a roof over their head we gave them all the games and toys that they could ever want we're meeting all their needs with food but they're taking their food and hiding it or stealing it why are they acting out so a group of people got together with psychologists and counselors and they're like what is this thing why are they acting out it's because they didn't feel like it was their home so they started developing ways, like, how could we do this? Is it their needs? Maybe they just need more toys. Maybe they need more things. Maybe they need less rules. Maybe they need this. And then they found out, no, 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 no. They found the solution to have that kid go load and unload the dishwasher, to have that kid go sweep the house, to have that kid do laundry. And all of a sudden, the kids started feeling like they were a part of something. They started feeling that this was their home because it wasn't the needs that, were, that made them feel at home. It was the service and the contributing to the home. Ladies and gentlemen, I gotta tell you, if you feel like that, start flexing those muscles. Start working for his kingdom. Start doing something in the natural gifts God had given you, you will feel at home in the body of Christ. It's not about the consuming. It's about the flexing. It's not about the chilling. It's not about the shopping. It's about the service. I want to close with this this morning. As we've been talking about this, I, I, um, I was preparing for this message for the last couple of weeks, and I had the pleasure of hanging out with Tim Brainbridge on Monday. We went over to, did we go to Nellie's? Yeah. So Tim Brainbridge, right over there, great guy. We were having this lunch meeting, having this awesome time, and we both can talk. We, are, we were exercising very well that muscle jaw, right? And we're just talking. Next thing you know, it's a few hours have gone by. I look over, and his phone his watch, his smartwatch dings. And I thought, the first thing I thought was, he's a busy guy. Somebody's probably trying to get in touch with him. But then I looked and it said something I believe is prophetic for today. His watch said, it's time to stand. It's time to stand up and move a little while. 
because they realized that he had been sitting for too long. And the, and the watch, that's why I don't have one. I don't want the watch telling me that. It's like, I don't need that in my life. I already have my wife telling me to get up. I don't need the AI to tell me that. But this, this thing, it's telling him, it's reading and realizing he hasn't gotten up and it's saying, hey, we don't want muscle atrophy. Hey, we don't want your muscles getting weak. We want circulation. It's time to stand up and start moving. So I feel like that was a prophetic thing because I feel like the Lord is calling us to do the same us to do the same. So how about this? Let's do this this morning. Let's stand together. Let's stand. It's time to stand. It's time to do something. It's time to move. Lord, we ask right now of all these people, first of all, I want to thank you, God, that we are a church with many hands at work. Lord, I want to thank you for, for those that today that served in the welcome uh, team. Lord, that we're serving and welcoming guests. I want to thank you for the people that are downstairs working with our children and that are ministering to our children instead of them sitting in the seat next to us with an iPad and a Cheeto in the seat. Lord, I want to thank you for the worship team and the guys in the back like Jeremy and Dave and all the guys that serve and they don't even get seen all the time unless there's feedback in the room. Lord, I thank you for these people. I thank you for the deacons and the elders. Lord, I thank you for those that are working in with mops and those who are working in teaching and with children's ministry that they know I have a muscle and I want to flex it for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for those that are like that. I thank you for the generous people in this church when I hear stories in the community of how they help somebody else in need. Lord, I thank you for when we do oil changes for free for single moms. Lord, I'm thankful for a church that is all about serving, but God, there's always more room for us to grow. So maybe you were, this morning, I just want to say in the pause in this prayer, maybe you were uh, 10, maybe you weren't a 10, maybe you weren't even a 5, and you're somewhere below. Listen, it's time to stand. God wants you to serve. He wants you to serve not just for the betterment of his church, but also so that you feel at home, so that you feel a part of his body, of his church. And Lord, I pray right now for anyone who's in those ways, who's feeling like it's time to stand up and serve, that you would fill them with confidence, and you would fill them with, uh, Lord, right now, anoint them, Lord, to do those works, to do the things that you would, uh, even for some of the people who aren't sure where they're landing, what their gifts are, their spiritual or natural gifts, Lord, I pray that you start speaking to them and showing them. Lord, we are here because you, as I said previously, Lord, you served us. Lord, it's just, I rem I'm reminded of what you said, that you said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And Lord, you did that by laying down your life as an innocent man, as an innocent person, fully God, fully man. You didn't cling on to that. You didn't walk around like you were everything. Lord, you walked around like you were serving and you laid your life down for us so that we could be at home. Lord, you flex the, the hardest muscle there is to flex to lay down your own life. And Lord, I pray for anybody that's in this room right now. If you've never said yes to Jesus, maybe you don't feel at home because you've never become a Christian, I'm telling you, it's time to stand. God is calling you right now to do this. So just pray this with me all around the room. We're going to pray this together. All the eyes closed. Dear Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior, Jesus. I am sorry for the things I've done. And I love you. 
be the king of my life. Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer right now, you are in the body. You are in the body of Christ. You are a part of this. And this is a movement that God has started to draw his people close to him. He came down all those years ago so that we could have relationship with him, and that is his whole goal, so that he can dwell with his people. You are a part of that mission now. You are a part of bringing others into that, because in this place, you are going to feel at home. In this place, you're going to have security. In this place, you are going to receive and give. You're not just going to be a consumer. I am speaking this. You are going to be a contributor. Lord, help us all. all. All of us, maybe you said, yes to Jesus 50 years ago. Lord, help us remember what we're here for. Lord, help us remember and flex our muscles for you. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. amen.